Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Bruce Meshnikoff. Uh, he's a nationally recognized expert on student loan management and consolidation. He's the founder and senior partner at the Student Loan Help Center. Welcome to the show, Bruce. Oh, hello, Jordan. How are you doing this afternoon? Let's start with a little bit of your background and, and the kind of knowledge you have about the student loan business and how you got to where you are today. Okay, certainly. Uh, you know, we, we specialize in helping people with the federal student loans. As many people know, it's a huge problem out there right now. And fortunately, there are some solutions, but unfortunately, most people don't know about it. So for the last several years, we've been helping people, helping people solve their student loan issues. And so tell me your background and, and how you got into this particular field. Okay. Um, I have been involved in all sorts of financial services over the years for the last 20-plus years. And recently, a few years back, the government came out with a fantastic program to help people with their federal student loans to take control of these loans once again, which are causing just a tremendous problem. So I saw a great opportunity to help a lot of people to get involved and um, – really show people the way to get, get control back of these student loans, which are, you know, they're really devastating some people's lives right now. All right, so let's kind of get a sense of the problem uh, today. What, what is the amount of student loan uh, debt out there, and uh, how fast is it rising? Kind of give me a sense of the problem these days. Well, last year they announced that student loan debt has surpassed credit card debt for the first time, which is incredible. There's now over $1 trillion, trillion with a T, $1 trillion worth of student loan debt out there. It's incredible. And along with this debt, the problems are coming. They've also recently announced that delinquencies on student loan debt has surpassed those on credit cards and most other sorts of debt as well. So the problem is as big as it gets out there right now, and again, it's really devastating a lot of people. But fortunately, there are there are some solutions out there that can help a lot of you. And how fast is student debt, debt uh, growing? It's over a trillion dollars, but how fast is it growing? It's growing at an incredible rate right now. The average student graduating college is coming out with about twenty-seven thousand dollars worth of student loan debt. So it's growing exponentially right now. That combined with the fact that very few people are actually paying these off and going in the right direction with them. Okay. So uh, we're, we're talking today with Bruce Meshnikoff of the uh, Student Loan Help Center. It's a company um, that has helped many, many people. Uh, currently, as he was saying, there's over a trillion dollars in student loan debt uh, outstanding. And um, for a lot of people, the reason that they're going into student loan debt is they haven't saved enough in uh, savings up front for, for college. Um, and then once they get to college, uh, in many cases, the scholarships and uh, grants that had been available in the past do not seem to be available, at least as much. Uh, public universities um, and uh, public universities in many cases are not um, giving the kind of help that they've had in the past. So a lot of people are having to take on loans that they really didn't uh, have to do in the past. And the same is true in the private side. Uh, private schools, if they've got uh, um, endowments, they can certainly handle some of the financial aid, but in many cases not enough financial aid to cover it, so people have to cover it with student loans. Uh, there was really a big change in the 
uh, student loan business back in uh, 2009 uh, as part of the um, uh, student loan, uh, part of the uh, Obamacare student loan business was changed uh, along with it. Uh, so we were saying why the uh, uh, student loans are growing so fast. Um, so just to maybe go a little bit more on that. Why are people taking on so many student loans compared to in the past? Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of a vicious cycle what's happening right now. The government is making this money very, very readily available and easy to get to just about everybody with no discrimination. Um, because of that, the universities, the colleges who want to make as much money as possible are raising their fees, raising their tuitions. So the government lends more, the universities charge more. It's, it's very similar. There's some very fair comparisons people are making to the housing bubble where the money was available to a lot of people. It was very easily available, so the prices went up, then the money became more available, and so on and so forth. We know how that turned out. The same type of scenario is, is happening now with student loans. So what does the future look like? Is, is this going to continue uh, at this fast pace? or is, I mean, some people talk about a student loan bubble that's going to burst. What, what, what would happen there? How would that look like? You know, there's a lot of politics involved right now in the student loan market. Everything from you know, a lot of people may know that student loans are not dischargeable in bankruptcy, for instance. There's a lot of people out there that think that they should be. There's a lot of, there, there's a lot of legislation out there. There's a pull and a tug back and forth to try to prevent this from getting, from getting too serious and too bad. But, you know, it's just about there right now. Impossible to say what's going to happen in the future. Um, there's a lot of lobbying on both sides of the coin on this one. It, it seems that part of the problem is people are not saving enough up front. So by the time they get to college age, uh, they have to borrow it because they just haven't saved enough where the parents raid their own uh, retirement funds, their 401ks, their IRAs, take out home equity loans. I mean, people are really being stressed to cover these levels of college. And that just can't go on forever. No, you're absolutely right. And the cost of college is it's up there. Back when I went to college, and I may be dating myself a little bit, you can get away with a student loan of about ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars and and be fine. And, and it was payable and it was manageable within ten years or less when you got out of college. Now, with the average student coming out with twenty seven thousand dollars, and many people much, much, much higher than that, that's you know that's a lot of money to have to deal with these days. And um, a lot of parents can't afford to help out. The students, it's very difficult to work and make that kind of money. So, you know, it, it's a difficult situation. Now, you say the delinquency rate is going higher. It's higher than credit cards. Um, I can see how you can be delinquent on a, on a student loan, but how, you, you can't really be in default on it, right, because you just it's not dischargeable. So talk about delinquencies and defaults in the student loan bear, uh, area today. Sure. When, when they say statistics like the delinquency is higher than credit cards, they're talking about people who are 90 days late or later with their payments. That means they're on the way to default. Now, student loan default is different than defaulting on just about any other type of debt. With a student loan, once you're 270 days delinquent, that's about nine months delinquent, your loan goes into default. And a lot of bad things happen when you go into default. We could talk about that in a minute as well. But the delinquency rate has gone up. The default rate has gone up out of all the people with student loans right now, which is millions, one out of every six is already in default. That nine-month delinquency, when you go into default, one out of six is already there. So does that help you to go into default if you're already that late? 
No, default is horrible. You need to avoid default on your student loans at all costs. When you go into default, a few things happen. First of all, you get hit with a fee of about 25% of your total loan value. In other words, if you have $25,000 worth of student loans, you're getting hit with a fee of over $6,000 added right into your loan. That's, I mean, that's an incredible fee. On top of that, your interest rate is going to go to 18.5% while you're in default. And again, we're not talking about two and $3,000 balances with this, like a lot of credit cards. These are tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, and 18.5% interest is just devastating. So that's just the beginning of what happens when you do go into default. Do you think a lot of people understand uh, this whole field and what they got into when they're getting student loans in the first place and how to play it once they're getting behind? I think that, unfortunately, you know, they don't have a full understanding of this. I think a lot of people, when you're young, you feel you're bulletproof, everything's going to go great. You know, you're hoping for the best. You're believing everything's going to go great, and you're willing to take whatever you can get. Um, it's it, Again, it's a tough scenario for, for the younger people. Again, most people going to college and getting these loans are 18, 19, 20 years old. They don't really have a history of, of or any business experience to draw on. So, again, it's a tough situation. They're getting a lot of money. They have little experience to know what's happening or what's in their future with it. So, you know, I think that, you know, I think you're kind of hitting it on the head where maybe an edge of some more education on student loans and some educational programs would be a way to help this situation. So you're saying the colleges are not doing a good job at educating people about the student loans? No, not at all. Uh, they, they'll pretty much fall back on the fact that when you get the student loans, you sign a bunch of papers and it's all in there. But in the real world, most people are not reading all of that fine print. They're, they're, they're doing what they need to do to get the money they need to go to school, and that's about it. What are the consequences if you get out of school and you become delinquent or default on your overall credit score, your ability to get jobs, buy homes, rent apartments, you know, kind of live your life if you have a, a bad record on student loans? All right, we're, we're going to go to a break. Uh, we'll get more details. You can see Bruce is a real expert on the whole subject of student loans. Um, so we're going to go to a break and get back with Bruce Meshnikoff after the break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Are you and your family in debt? Today, over 40% of American households are spending more than they make. And that means our society is getting deeper and deeper in debt. Escape the debt trap 
with host and attorney Kenneth Neely is here to help you avoid the problems involved with debt, including rebuilding credit, filing bankruptcy, short selling your home, resolving IRS tax problems, and much more. Escape the Debt Trap airs live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Bruce Meshnikoff. Uh, He's a nationally recognized expert in the whole student loan business. Uh, He is the founder and senior partner at the Student Loan Help Center. Welcome back to the show, Bruce. Oh, thank you, Jordan. We were just talking about the consequences for your credit score and getting jobs and renting apartments and so on if your, your student loans get into fault or delinquency. What, what are the implications of that? Yeah, the, 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 the implications could be devastating. It really affects the credit score in a very big negative way. When you're defaulted, it prevents you from buying homes. It could definitely prevent you from getting jobs. Um, a lot of employers these days check credit before they hire you, and defaulting on a student loan is a very, very, very big negative. So there's a very negative impact on your overall score, as well as lots of the things that you may want to do, including buying a car, as you mentioned, getting an apartment, and so on. So it, it's terrible. You don't want to default on these loans. Now, as part of the 2009 Affordable Care Act, uh, the student loan business was changed dramatically. Explain how the loan the loan business was changed uh, as part of the Affordable Care Act. Sure, sure. Before the Affordable Care Act came out, student loan consolidations and so on was similar to mortgage refinancing, where there was lots of banks out there, lots of lending institutions and so forth. And if you wanted to consolidate your loans, refinance them, you go out there and, and you try to get the best deal you can. Now, since the act happened, the federal government has taken over total control of the federal loan consolidations. Now, some people will argue that it's better out there with the private sector, but the reality of it right now is that the federal government's doing something that nobody in the private sector would. They're offering some incredible programs, which, you know, it seems like it's going to be costing the government a lot of money. They're, they're going to be losing a lot of money on some of these programs, which is a big negative, and definitely the people who are against these programs bring that up. But the positive is it's helping a lot of people out, millions of people on an individual basis to live their life, to get through some hard times, and, uh, again, get control of these loans so they don't completely devastate their lives. So kind of tell us the basics of how this consolidation loan uh, program happens. And this is, was changed in 2009. And, and is that correct? It was different before, and now it's 
run through Correct. the federal government. So tell us Correct. how, the, rough, roughly, how the consolidation program works today. Sure. So what happens is, basically, people have student loans, and they can be through all sorts of different institutions. They're federally backed. You can have a student loan, and you may have gotten it from Chase Bank or Wells Fargo or Sally May or the Department of Education. If they're federally backed loans, the government is taking care, the government is insured that, that they will get paid. So what they're doing now is when you go to consolidate your loans, the Department of Education has put together a special program called the Direct Loan Consolidation Program. They're, in essence, going to be paying off your current lenders, whoever those are, paying your current loans off and establishing you a new loan with a lender involved with this program. So now your, your loans that you had are completely paid off. You have one new loan through the Department of Education, and all the new rules of this consolidation apply to your new loan. And the new rules of this consolidation are what is really helping people out, helping to get much lower payments, helping to get loans out of default, and so on. Now, uh, people think this is available everywhere. Is that true? Are there certain areas that you can get these consolidations and other circumstances when you cannot? This is a federal program. It's available everywhere to anybody with federal student loans. So it is available to everyone as long as the loans are federal. And what are the qualifications uh, to, to consolidate your loans to this program? That's a very good question because a lot of people are discouraged by programs like this because they may have low income or no income or, or poor credit. This program, the great thing about it is there's no individual qualifications. In other words, you don't have to have a certain income. You do not have to have a job. There's no credit requirements. There's no credit check. You don't have to have any credit. Or you can have horrible credit or great credit. It doesn't impact it at all. It's as long as your loans are federal loans, you're most likely eligible for this program. So kind of contrast that with private loans that are not federal loans. Uh, what is available if you run, start getting behind on private loans? Now, private loans are the next really big problem. A lot of people are in trouble with their private loans just as they are with their federal but unfortunately, this program is not available for private loans. Private loans are not eligible. And unfortunately as well, there's no programs out there like this for private loans. So with private loans, your best bet is to go to one of the private banks, such as a Bank of America, Wells Fargo, et cetera, and see what they happen to be offering. But it's not a good picture out there right now for private loans. Because of this growing problem, there is legislation right now in Congress that, if passed, would allow people to convert many of these private loans to federal loans so they can be included in the federal program. But as of today, that's not it has not been passed yet, so you cannot do that. Yeah, I would think a lot of people would love to do that but not, not be able to do so. So describe what you do if somebody comes to you, uh, and, and give people your website and phone number as well. If somebody comes to you, and they're running behind on their federal student loans, describe the process you take them through. Sure, absolutely. What we do at the Student Loan Help Center is we first will assess somebody's individual issues and exactly what they need. Uh, we'll take a look at their loans, make sure their loans are federal and that they are eligible to be consolidated. Once we determine that, 
We'll go over the different repayment plans that are available for people, determine which is the best for them and their goals and, and, and the situation they're in, and then help them through the full application process and enrollment process into the government's program, make sure that all their correct loans get consolidated, make sure they get, they get placed on the correct repayment plan, and everything gets completed satisfactorily. So they're in a great situation, and for the rest of the term of their loans, they'll never have to worry about it again. And we encourage people to visit us at consolidatecollege.com for more information. It's consolidatecollege.com, or you can call us anytime at 855-305-1878, and we'll take a look at your situation and point you in the right direction. What are some of people's misconceptions about this uh, student loan consolidation program that aren't true? Some of the big misconceptions are, one, that there are credit and income requirements. And, and like I stated before, there is not. It does not matter if you're unemployed, if your credit is, is terrible or great. It doesn't affect it at all. It doesn't make a difference. Um, another misconception, and this is a very big one, is that people feel that if they're already in default, that they will not be able to consolidate. That is not true either. As a matter of fact, this program, once consolidated, takes your loans out of default, gives you a fresh start. We kind of refer to it as a get-out-of-jail-free one-time card. You can do this one time. Don't default after you consolidate. They won't do it again. But as long as you haven't consolidated before into this program, if your loans are in default, this program will take them out of default. Now, some of the nice results of getting out of default or your interest rate goes from, remember it was 18.5% when you went into default, your interest rate drops all the way back down to whatever your rate was before you went into default, which is fantastic. Also, your credit report gets a lot better. You can, you're now eligible to go back to school, get school loans again, and so on. So it's a pretty quick process. It's about six to eight weeks from beginning to end to get your loans consolidated. Uh, well worth the wait. Uh, again, definitely helps you take we can take control of your loans. So tell people, you, you, you get their application, you kind of go through the system, and then you fill out the paperwork for them, exactly say what you do once you take them on as a client. Sure, absolutely. What we do is we go through the required information from you, which includes basic information, such as your name, address, employer information, and so on. We take a look at your loans. We put those in. We... Um, go through the whole application process with you. We actually have you electronically sign the documents. We walk you through that as well. And once that's completed, we take it from there. We make sure that everything goes smoothly. We correspond with the Department of Education several times a week on your behalf to make sure that everything's going smoothly and, you know, help, help again, help to, to let you know exactly what's going on. We let you know exactly what's entailed in this process how long it's going to take, and keep you updated every step of the way. So how long does it typically take from the beginning to the end to get the consolidation done? From the beginning to the end is generally between six and eight weeks. Between six to eight weeks, that means from the day that you start the enrollment process until your loans, your, your previous loans are completely paid off, your new loans established, loans are out of default if they were in default, completely done between six and eight weeks. And what documents should people put together to be ready for the application in the first place? The nice part of this is your loans, 
your federal loans are listed in the National Student Loan Database. So we, we, we draw the information directly from there. The other information you'll want to know is how much your adjusted gross income is annually, because if you qualify for income-based payments, they're going to be based off of your income. So you want to be sure to have your income information available. So uh, the higher your income, the less you get it. How, how does the amount of income you have uh, affect what you get in the uh, loan consolidation? Yep. If, if you qualify for an income-based repayment plan, which just simply means that your payment will be based off of your income, not off the value of your loans, the higher income you have, the higher payment you receive. The lower income, the lower payment you receive. And for those of you that have a very low income or not working at all, you can consolidate and get a payment as low as zero dollars until you do start generating income. That's, that's pretty pretty amazing, actually. There. Um, now, also, does this apply to uh, loans that parents are taking out for their children? Oh, that's a that's that's a great subject to go on, Jordan. Uh, one of the fastest growing sectors of delinquency is the over fifty crowd. They've taken out what's called Parent PLUS loans, which are loans they took out for their children to go to school. Unfortunately, they have 100% financial responsibility on those loans right now. As we know, a lot of seniors are living on Social Security. Um, it's very tough. It's tight. And they're getting these huge student loan payments, four, five, $600 plus that they simply cannot afford. Fortunately, the Parent PLUS loans are eligible. They are eligible to be consolidated. The seniors are eligible for these income-based payments, which if you are on a fixed income, the payment's usually much, much lower than what you'd otherwise have and, again, ensures that you'll have an affordable payment for the life of these loans. What are the interest rates you get when you consolidate uh, the loans, and how does that compare to where the interest rates are before consolidation typically? Yeah, when you consolidate federal loans into another federal loan, which is what we're doing here, your interest rate basically stays the same. Now, I stay, say the same. Now, if you're in default, your interest rate's 18.5%. What happens is your interest rate goes down to what your rate was before you went into default. If your rate was 5% before you went into default, when you consolidate, your new rate will be 5%. Now, a lot of people out there get confused because they have several loans, and they're all at different rates. What happens is they give you a weighted average. It's one blended rate. So in essence, you're paying the same exact interest at the end of the day after you consolidate. So all these people who say you're consolidated at a lower interest rate, uh, it's not true. It's a convenience factor that you have a bunch of different loans in one place, but you don't necessarily save money. Is that right? Um, for the most part, there are some cases where your rate is lowered a little bit. The cases are with a lot of these Parent Plus loans in particular, people have rates on the 85 to 9% range. The highest consolidation rate you're going to get is 8.25, 8.25%. So if you did have rates that were over 8.25%, you are getting a reduction. To what? What would it go down from? Excuse me? What would it go down to if you did get a reduction in your rate? Yeah, eight and a quarter is is the highest rate that you could get on a consolidation. So if your rates were up in the nine percent range plus, it would go down to eight and a quarter. That's about it. Other than that, 
If your rates are lower than eight and a quarter, you're going to keep the same rate. You're not giving an interest rate reduction. Okay, very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest today is Bruce Meshnikoff. He's a nationally recognized expert in student loan management. Um, he serves as the founder of the Student Loan Help Center, and their website to find out more is consolidatecollege.com. We'll be back after this. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world leading conversations with host cheryl esposito creates a place for that dialogue tune into the voice america business channel every friday as cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business government art economics and social change We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Bruce Meshnikoff. Uh, he's an expert in student loan management. Uh, he's the founder of the uh, Student Loan Help Center based in Florida. Uh, their website, consolidatecollege.com. Welcome back to the show, Bruce. Ah, thanks, Jordan. Let's go to s- several of the different repayment options uh, that are available out there. The first one you mentioned a little bit, but explain in more detail how the income-based repayment program, the so-called IBR program, uh, works and who's qualified for it and what are the benefits of it. Okay, the income-based repayment plan, it's kind of the hot thing going out there right now. During the presidential debate, you heard both of the candidates talk about income-based repayment plans on student loans. A lot of people have heard about it. I'll explain a little bit about how it works. Income-based repayment plans mean that the payment that you're going to make each month is determined by how much discretionary income you have, and they determine that through a formula that's based on your adjusted gross income and how many dependents you have. Now, the income-based repayment plan is, is absolutely fantastic, and it really saves the day for most of the people that come into this program. It does because when you come in and have tens of thousands of dollars in student loans, and you have student loan payments that are due of four, five, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars and so on, but you're making a very modest income, this income-based payment plan ensures that you will have a payment that is affordable. It's absolutely fantastic. 
Um, again, I've seen payments of people with eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollar payments. People get their payments down to a hundred to two hundred dollars, or sometimes even less, from this income-based repayment plan. Now, some people out there may be thinking, "Well, if I only pay a hundred dollars or less a month, I'll never have the loans paid off." What they've done with that is, after twenty-five years of paying in this plan, they forgive the balance of your loan. So if you do qualify for a very low payment, you don't have to worry about paying it for the next 50 years. It's going to be forgiven after 25. So the income-based repayment plan is absolutely fantastic for a lot of people. Um, it's the answer, it's the solution, and it really helps them out. So again, go into some detail about what it takes to qualify, uh, what kind of place you work, or what your income-to-debt ratio is to qualify for the IBR program. Yeah, basically... Basically, they just base it off your adjusted gross income. That's the amount of money that you pay tax, uh, taxes on every year and how many dependents you have. They plug that into their formula, and it lets them know what your payment is. Now, depending on how much in loans you have, the payment might be much lower or it may not be of a benefit. If you make a lot of money and you have a low loan balance, it might not be the answer for you. But if you're, you have a large loan balance and you don't make a lot of money, um, it's it, it's probably the answer. And there's not a specific qualification as far as income. There's no credit requirements and so on. Um, again, each person's situation is different. The best thing to do is give us a call. We're happy to take a look at your individual situation, plug the numbers in, and let you know if it would be a benefit for you. Are a lot of people surprised that they qualify for that IBR program? Yeah, absolutely. People are shocked. Uh, the biggest, the biggest thing is people can't believe that they haven't heard of this before. They believe it's too good to be true, and, and so forth. And you know, I explained that as great a job as the government did at putting this program together, which is incredible, they've done equally as disastrous a job at publicizing it and, and making it understandable for people and making the application process easy for people. It's terrible. It's very difficult. They've done a horrible job of publicizing it, and. Um, the program itself, though, is absolutely fantastic. So this is something that, again, you help people uh, to qualify and go through the paperwork for the IBR program. Absolutely. We'll take care of it from A to Z for everybody. I'll walk them through, tell them what they qualify for, give them all the options, and then make sure that they get enrolled properly and everything gets done uh, correctly. And, again, the best way is give us a call at 855-305-1878 and speak with one of our counselors or visit our site at consolidatecollege.com. Now, in addition to the income compared to your dependents, uh, isn't it also related on the kind of work you do if you work in the nonprofit sector or work for the government or yeah. that kind of thing? How, yeah, how does absolutely. that work? Yeah, there's some forgiveness programs out there. And, again, forgiveness programs are one of the things that there's a lot of misconceptions about because of the lack of publicity and explanation out there. But the way forgiveness programs work are this. They're mainly available for people who work in public sector. In other words, if you have any sort of government job, it could be at the local, state, federal level, etc., which includes working for public hospitals. It includes working for schools. It could be being a fireman, a police officer, and so on. Anything where any level of government is your employer, or for people who work for private companies that are nonprofit companies, they also qualify for forgiveness. The way it works is this. You must consolidate your loans into this federal program. 
Then after making payments on one of the income-based repayment plans we just spoke about, you make payments for 10 years, 120 payments. After that, they're going to forgive the balance of your loans up to $45,000 completely tax-free. So it's fantastic for people in public service. People are, are saving tens of thousands of dollars off their loans and saving 10 years off repaying their loans. It's a great program. So once you've paid on time for 10 years, uh, then no matter how much you owe, it's forgiven. Is that the way it works if you work for the public sector? Yep, absolutely. Up to $45,000, they'll forgive. If you have 45000 or less, the whole thing is completely wiped off tax-free. So that's the public sector. Is it also nonprofit groups like 501c3 groups? Does that count too? Yep, absolutely. Anybody who works for 501c3, which is a, a private nonprofit company, now I'll stress it doesn't matter what your position is at the company as long as you work for the company. You could be a counselor at the company. You can be a fix-it man at the company. You could be an executive at the company. It doesn't matter as long as the company is your employer you qualify for the forgiveness program. So this does not apply if you work in the for-profit sector, is that correct? Correct. But you can qualify for the uh, IBR program and if you work in the for-profit sector if your income to uh, ratio of your uh, dependents is out of whack. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. Um, your, your occupation, your job, your employer does not have any bearing at all on whether you qualify or not for an income-based repayment plan. If you have an AGI, an adjusted gross income, and you have dependents and so on, and your loans are high, you're going to probably qualify for the income-based plan, which will provide for a much lower payment than you may otherwise get. So this must be growing pretty fast, this uh, income-based repayment program, since a lot of people qualify for it. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, again, Back to the publicity thing, most people just don't know about it. But once we speak with people and we get their, their picture and their situation, um, the income-based plan is where a pretty large percentage of people end up because, again, the main problem people have with these loans, it comes down to that payment that's just a little bit too high. It's unaffordable. It's causing them to fall behind, not be able to make other payments in their lives and do the things they want to do. So... That income-based repayment plan definitely, I mean, it's tremendous, Jordan. Um, it's really helping people and changing their lives. Very good. So just talk again about your services. If you take people through this process, either the regular uh, consolidation or the IBR program, uh, how do you charge for different services? What we do is we, we do have a fee. It's a small one-time fee to take people from beginning to end through this whole process to make sure that the enrollment goes through completely, the correct loans are consolidated, they're on the correct repayment plan. If they qualify for one of the forgiveness programs we spoke about, we make sure that they get enrolled in that as well. And our fee varies depending on each person's situation, how much money in student loans they have, the condition of their loans. For instance, are you defaulted or not defaulted? Um, have you gotten letters of wage garnishment, which is another big problem, Jordan, we haven't touched on is that if you're in default, they're, they're going to get their money. Not only have they charged the fee, you have high interest rates. A lot of people are finding out right now that their income tax checks are being withheld. If you're in default, you're probably going to get your income tax check withheld and applied to your student loan. 
The step after that is they're going to garnish your wages. So we take a look at your whole picture, depending on the different variables and the different factors. Um, we have a fee schedule, and it's just a small one-time fee, and we take care of the whole process for you. So how much could people save uh, typically? The typical amount you said is, what, 27000 the typical amount that they're uh, having when they come out of school. How much can they save using this compared to not doing a program like that? Well, it's fantastic. For those in public that qualify for forgiveness, they can save half their loan easily by enrolling in this program because a lot of these consolidations are 20-year consolidations now. If you qualify for forgiveness, they forgive everything after only 10 years. So in essence, you're saving half the amount of your loan plus all the interest that you accumulate, Jordan, over 20 years, which is very substantial. So in the case of forgiveness, people are saving a fortune. And, you know, those who qualify for very low income-based payments, I'd mention that they get forgiveness after 25 years. In many cases, they haven't even touched the principal of their loan in that time. So they're, in essence, getting their whole loan forgiven. So there's, it's a lot of money people are saving getting in this program. And more importantly, it's making their life manageable again. They're, they're not in default. They don't have to worry about getting their wages garnished and their tax refund checks taken. Um, it's, it's horrible, the power the collection companies have to collect on these, but they use it all. And, again, that's why it's so devastating for a lot of people. Now, in addition to the income-based repayment program, there's what's called the graduated and standard repayment programs. How are those compared to the IBR program? Okay. Yeah, for, for a lot of people, the standard repayment might be their best option. The standard repayment program takes the amount of your loans, it takes into account your interest rate, and then it, it, it gives you a term based on how much loans you have. So, for instance, a, a typical term with this might be 20 or as much as 30 years. So the standard repayment plan for a lot of people Gives, gives a nice alternative to the income base. If they're making a lot of money, their income base payment might be a little bit too high. So the standard repayment plan is nice. It spreads it out as long as 30 years. Um, it makes, it gives you a manageable payment. Also, it's nice because if you make a little extra money here and there, you put it towards your loans, it all comes off the principal, like in a lot of loans out there. So a lot of people will get them paid off early. Now the graduated payment plan, is also a really nice option that not a lot of people are aware of. It starts a little bit below. Your payment starts lower than the standard payment plan, and it goes up every two years. So after about 10 years, it's about equal of where you'd be on the standard plan. It continues going up every two years, and it's paid off after 20 years generally. So that's a good option for people who feel that, in their career, they're going to be advancing. They're going to be making more money and in a better financial situation over the next 10 to 20 years. Right now, they could have a lower payment, and in 12, 14, 15 years, their payment will be higher. But if they're in a better financial situation, it, it, it's more manageable for them. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bruce Meshnikoff of the Student Loan Help Center. Again, his website is consolidatecollege.com. Uh, they've also got a phone number, 855-305-1878. We'll be back after this.
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Bruce Meshnikoff. Uh, he is the uh, founder and senior partner at the Student Loan Help Center. Welcome back to the show, Bruce. Oh, thanks, Jordan. We wanted to tell people a little bit more about the, the consequence of default if people want to go back to school, something that people would not be aware of. How, how does that work? Yeah, a lot of people want to go back to school now, whether they have been laid off from a job, they're changing career paths. A lot of things have changed for people, so they look to go back to school. What happens if you have a student loan that is in default? It doesn't matter how long ago. It could have been from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. If that loan is in default, you are not going to be eligible for any more financial aid, which is a big problem and prevents most people from going back to school. So what happens is you go to apply for financial aid. They let you know you're not eligible for it. And for a lot of people, they think the road ends there. Fortunately, when you consolidate your loans, even your defaulted loans, into this program, it clears your record. It pays them off. The loans come out of default. And, again, in only six to eight weeks, your loans are out of default, which means you're now eligible for your financial aid. You can now return back to school. In only six to eight weeks from when you start this process, you're eligible to go back to school, sometimes even much quicker. Once you consolidate into this program, some schools will accept the fact that you're in the process of consolidating if you're in a real rush to go back to school, and they'll even let you right back in. So it's a fantastic opportunity to go back to school, to further your education, choose a new career, whatever your, your intentions are. This program helps a lot of people to get back in. Very good. Okay, now there's uh, two areas that people we haven't touched on, deferment and forbearance. So tell me about the programs that are, uh, allow people to defer their student loans, and, and how long does that last, and how do you get out of deferment? Sure. 
Um, a lot of people have heard of deferment and forbearance. It's a way to put your loans um, on hold so you don't have to make payments for a specified period of time in case you're going through some sort of hardship. Now, they give you a limited amount. Your deferment or forbearance is like a time bank. You have a certain amount, and then it runs out. Generally, that amount is about three years total. Now, the one thing people need to understand is that when you go into deferment and forbearance, you're still accumulating interest on most of your loans. So you want to be careful about using it if you don't need to. Now, when you consolidate, if you can get an income-based payment that's low enough to afford to make it doable for you every month, you're much better off with that than putting your loans into deferment or forbearance because at least that way you're paying your loans down a little bit. Now, understandably, a lot of people do need to use the deferment or forbearance. They may just have unexpected expenses coming up, going through some hard times, and they might be out of their deferment or forbearance. When you consolidate, one other really nice feature is that it replenishes that time bank for deferment and forbearance. You get all of your deferment and all of your forbearance back. So once you consolidate, if you do have some hardship going on and you need to take a break for making payments, you can consolidate, then put your loans immediately into deferment or forbearance for up to a year so you can get your, get your financial situation in order to come out and, and make payments. So uh, what is the difference between deferment and forbearance? When is one appropriate and when is the other appropriate? Okay, there's two, there's two types of loans. There's subsidized and unsubsidized loans. When you're in deferment, your loans that are unsubsidized are accruing interest. Your loans that are subsidized are not accruing interest at all. That's a really good thing. When you're in forbearance, all of your loans are accruing interest, whether they're subsidized or unsubsidized. Now, getting deferment is a more difficult process than getting forbearance. In deferment, they're pretty strict on making you prove that you're going through some sort of hardship. They might require documentation and so on to prove your hardship. Forbearance, since they're collecting interest on all of the loans anyway, is a lot more lenient. You could generally just do it with a phone call and get your forbearance. So you're saying people have an impression that's easier to get into than it actually is. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty easy to get the forbearance because, again, they're collecting interest on all your loans, and at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay it. So they're pretty lenient on giving it up until you run out of it, and you run out pretty quickly. So by consolidating, if you do need it, at least you replenish your time banks, you have all your deferment and forbearance back, so if you need to use it, it's available for you. What if you don't have income? What if you still have not got a job at the point that your deferment and forbearance runs out? What happens then? Well, that's, that's a nice feature of this program. If you have no job, you do not have to use your deferment or forbearance because your income-based payment we spoke about, if you have no income, you, it goes down to $0. In other words, you do not have to make any payment, and your loans will stay current and out of default. It's similar to using forbearance or deferment, but you're not using up that time bank. You do get a zero payment, but you don't have to use up your deferment or forbearance, which is nice because later on, 
in your life, you may be making money, you might have a high student loan payment or any student loan payment, and you might experience some hardship where you need that deferment or forbearance. Indeed. Uh, we've talked a lot about what should get into student loans and all that. What advice would you give to parents with younger kids about saving more so they don't have to first place? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a great idea to start as early as possible. Some states have prepaid college programs that could be a benefit to a lot of people. I always encourage people to check check in their state, check the colleges they want to go to. One other thing, people can look for grants out there. There's grant money available depending on where you want to go to school, where you live, what type of career that you want to have. There's all sorts of grant money. You do have to work a little bit to find it. But grants, in essence, are free money that you do not have to pay back. They're not loans. They're grants. You do not have to pay the grant money back, but you do have to work a little bit to get it. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, aren't willing to make the effort for grants. And the same thing with scholarships. There's a lot of very specific scholarships for particular fields of study or so on. So are there some databases you'd recommend that people can find grants and scholarships for their particular interests? What I normally recommend is if you've chosen a college that you want to go to, speak with the people in the financial aid department there. They keep up with that. These scholarships, grants, and so on are ever-changing. They're always adding, removing, depending on where you are, what you're looking to do. There's a ton of them out there. So uh, check with the financial aid department or simply start your search on Google for exactly what you're looking for. I don't recommend a specific database. Just go out there. Again, you have to roll your sleeves up and do a little bit of work, but it's well worth it. Lots of people find a lot of grants that are eligible for out there that really help them in the long term. In about the two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of sum up what a difference it will make in people's lives if they do the loan consolidation you're talking about? It's just incredible the difference it makes in people's lives. Again, when you're struggling to make your student loan payment, the big difference between that and some of your other bills, such as credit cards and so forth, is you cannot ignore it. You can ignore your credit card bills and all those collection calls, and, and, and even some people will file bankruptcy to get rid of their credit cards. Student loans are exempt from bankruptcy. It means they cannot be discharged. These collectors, they're going to call you, but more importantly, they're going to garnish your wages, take your tax returns. It's absolutely devastating. It keeps people up at night. When, once you consolidate, you get a low affordable payment. These income-based payments, they change with your financial situation. When you do start making more money, your payment goes up a little bit. But if you're not making more money or if you're making less money, your payments actually go down. So it ensures that it is affordable. Your stress level goes down, not having to deal with all these collection calls and the threats of garnishment and so on. Um, it, it's just a, an extremely positive impact on your overall life when this is one less thing that you're going to have to deal with and one less negative situation that is going to be coming at you. Very good. Thanks so much. My guest has been uh, Bruce Meshnikoff. Uh, he is the uh, founder and senior partner at the Student Loan Help Center. Again, if you have student loans and you want to figure out what might be best for your situation, his website is consolidatecollege.com, and his phone number is 855-305-1878. A lot of people out there can get some help. They don't seem to realize it with their student loans. So thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Bruce. Oh, thanks for having me, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.